the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California bar-admitted attorney and also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. So in addition to my JD that all lawyers must have or mostly do have, I also hold a couple of master's degrees of law. That is to say, I am a master of the laws of taxation laws, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, both these great master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful but mostly deserted that is to say the streets anyway, a beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experience, and my interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trust, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And I'm proud to say that as part of my overall practice, I am sometimes able to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of the various forms of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in our country today, I must say, and unfortunately so. You know, I am, as always, so pleased to be able to come to you once again today from my makeshift studios in my home in the beautiful but mostly deserted, that is to say, streets of the nine counties of the San Francisco Bay Area. And in this instance, I'm coming to you from Alameda County. And I'm coming to you today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, and as always, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored specifically to your set of circumstances, your facts and circumstances, and hopefully provide you at least a general overview outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. And I do this once again as I'm known for saying, I believe that representing yourself in a legal matter, especially one dealing with your money, is just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And that means that if you're lucky and you get real close to your adversary, 
who's going to be packing for sure, you might be able to scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye. But more than likely, it's going to be you that's going to be dead on arrival. That is to say, not you, the human being. But what I'm getting at is that your valid claims and or your righteous defenses will likely see the promised land way before you do. So once again, I must share with you my purpose here in Selwyn's Law on KFAX, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money. And unfortunately, more often than not, especially in these days, the lack thereof and your finances and what you may need to consider to protect your and or your family and or your business's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts, in this non-threatening educational forum. One day in the not-too-distant future, I'd like to be able to discuss how you can underwrite and set up a small business where you and your grandkids can make and sell hand puppets to help fund their college education. That is to say, that is an aspirational dream of mine. But alas, we must once again delve into the number one topic on everyone's mind these days, and that is to say the spread of the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. But again, I'm going to be focusing on its potential economic and legal implications for individuals, families, and small business owners, and what, if anything, we need to do for ourselves and what, if anything, we can expect from our government to assist us and our loved ones and our employees in getting through this pandemic. So today we'll discuss, number one, budgeting in a pandemic when you have a little or no money or access to credit. Well, that's an easy topic. You need to save every penny that you can lay your hands on to put food on the table uh, right now because you've got to be able to feed your kids. So I'm, I'm just telling you, every penny you need to set it aside to take care of your kids, especially during this short time frame where many, if not all, of your creditors, including your mortgage holder and your um, your landlord and your student loan debt, they're going to give you a short moratorium. So if you have some money, you need to set it aside to take care of the things that you have to buy during this pandemic, and that is food and also your medicine. But hopefully you have insurance, and um, I understand that some insurance companies are going to waive co-pays, but that's not a guarantee. Okay, so save as much as you can and, and to keep food on the table. And also, you know, pay, I would say pay your utility bills, but it's also my understanding that some of the utility companies are going to uh, have a short moratorium. Then the second thing I want to talk about today is the Paycheck Protection Program. That's a loan program that's underwritten by our government. That's part of the CARES Act of 2020 that was just recently passed in Congress and signed by the president on March the 27th. And I want to talk about what you need to think about now in order to prepare for the day that's coming in the not-so-distant future when government and the financial services industry will bring an end to the current moratoriums on mortgage payments, rent payments, evictions, student loan, and other credit card payments. 
And it's going to be a time when we must face up to the fact that we must have a strategy already in place for dealing with our accumulated debt. Because I got to tell you, this debt isn't going away as part of this moratorium. It's going to accumulate. And so we're going to have to come to grips with how we're going to deal with our debt and our creditors when these moratoriums go away. Okay? So let's start there. Last week, a group of small business owners asked me this question. What services or tools are you providing to your clients who are struggling with the effect of the coronavirus? And my answer, while it might not seem a direct answer, it goes to what I was saying earlier. My answer was, as a bankruptcy, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate and taxation attorney, the most valuable product and service I offer my clients and any potential clients during this or any other time they are facing distress due to a lack of income is honest, that is to say, give them my honest, my best information about their legal and ethical and moral choices in dealing with their individual or family or small business debt. If the client or potential client is an employee and the lack of income is total or mostly total, but it's temporary, such as, say, when a business has a short-term for furlough program, but it has a clearly defined endpoint, I may advise my clients or potential clients on how to seek a forbearance agreement from their creditor or creditors. That is to say, um, an example outside of a pandemic situation would be where you were a a field laborer and you knew that after the crop was, was, um, you helped bring in the crop for the farmer, you were going to be laid off for three months or so before it's time to plant again and you'd go out and help the farmer plant. And you have a history of showing that. So the creditor would know that there's going to be a gap, but you'd be picked up again. It would let you have a forbearance during that time. Another example are school teachers who, um, you know, temporarily they, they're, they're laid off during the summer, but they come back. So during that time, you could get a forbearance agreement. So that's the analogy I'm using for this coronavirus situation. And if the potential client or client is an employee and the lack of income is not total, but for a fixed and ongoing foreseeable future, say where their employer has implemented an across-the-board reduction in pay plan for all employees for the duration of the turndown, I may advise my client on how to reorganize their debt first outside of the bankruptcy court, and if we're able to, to get the creditor to agree, then we're done. But if they won't agree, then we're going to come up with a, 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 a file of bankruptcy to get us time to reorganize our debt. Okay, because our income is cut in half. Okay, and another situation would be where the potential client or uh, the client is an employee and the lack of income is total, but they're going to get a huge severance package. In that instance, I would want to shield the severance package, and there are legal ways to do that, and then file for maybe a Chapter 7 to deal with that situation. And what if the client's lack of income is this? They get fired and there's no severance package. Then we might just go into the bankruptcy court from jump and deal with it there. So 
when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on what we need to do for ourselves and hopefully what we might get done from the government for us. But first, we're going to take a short break. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on today's topic. That is to say, what we have to do for ourselves in preparation for the day when the moratorium on paying our ongoing obligations go away and what we can hopefully get from our government as part of the Paycheck Protection Program, the loan program that's part of the CARES Act. So before we went on a break, I gave, you know, uh, uh, answers to uh, a question that was posed to me by uh, a small business group. And I shared with you what I would advise uh, individuals who were uh, suffering from a lack of income. Now, what if someone was a small business owner? Then that, that's a completely different uh, situation. There are a myriad of issues concerning how a business owner must legally, ethically, and morally deal with his or her employees and vendors and their state, local, and federal taxing authorities and how to maintain their banking relationship. Each of the myriad of issues must be thoroughly analyzed before I would give any advice on how to proceed. Okay? And in addition to advising any of my clients or potential clients on how to deal with their debt or creditor issues, I may also advise them on the tax implications of their choices, either myself or through one of the CPA firms that I have a relationship with. And I would also share with them uh, the need to either implement or update their estate planning tools, especially now during this time of crisis when all of us must come to grips with our individual and unfortunately our collective mortality. So that's what you need to do to plan for the day inevitably when um, all these moratorium programs are going to go away because they can't last forever. Otherwise, the whole economy will go down the drain. So during this two- to three-month hiatus, that's when you need to prepare for what you're going to do when the circumstances change. Okay? So I also wanted to talk about the payroll or paycheck protection program that's part of the CARES Act of 2020. And I want you to know in the last few days, I've gotten uh, communications from my own bank unsolicited. So I've had a relationship with my bank for a couple of decades. And it started in an adversary relationship when I uh, worked for a nonprofit law firm in the city, and we were running around smacking banks upside the head for their lending programs, especially for women and minority um, small business owners, and also um, the fact that their boards were 100% Caucasian male. And as you know, most uh, communities have a mixed group of, 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 of people that reflect the population of the community that's being served. And it was so funny um, we were having a meeting uh, with the chairperson of this particular bank, and normally 
we we didn't have meetings with the chairperson very often, but this chairperson came to the meeting, and we um, acted so bad that he, he was going to buy us lunch, but he threw us out. And, you know, I really respected that, uh, of a person to not be taken advantage of, even when the other side was, uh, you know, putting forth something that was right. And, and I called this person up on the phone, and I apologized for the way some of us act. And that led to um, me developing a relationship with this uh, person who was the chairperson of this bank. And um, I moved my relationship from a bank that I had been with since I was a teenager, and this bank has always treated me with respect and helped me through all kinds of uh, financial issues. So I, it wasn't surprising that they, they reached out to me unsolicited to let me know about this program. And I'm going to share uh, um, the communications with that I received from my bank with you and go into a little bit more detail about the program. Um, the email starts off, Dear Valued Business Client, during these unprecedented conditions that we're experiencing together, X Bank is committed to supporting you. If you are experiencing a financial hardship, please visit our COVID-19 research uh, resource center at X, where you will find important information and relief programs, branch information, digital banking tools, and other useful resources. And then the email goes on to explain the CARES Act. Last Friday, the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, the CARES Act, was signed into law. Last Friday was March 27th. The CARES Act provides financial support to businesses. This particular bank is one of the top three small business administration direct lenders in California, and we are positioned to assist you. I'm sharing the following initial information regarding how the CARES Act may be able to support your business. The CARES Act allocates nearly $350 billion, that's billion with a B, for the SBA Paycheck Protection Program. Now, this program is designed to help businesses meet their payroll and other financial needs by providing businesses with a loan of up to $10 million to be used for payroll, mortgages, rent, health benefits, and other expenses. Generally, businesses with fewer than 500 employees are eligible, and the program includes criteria for potential loan forgiveness of up to 100% of the loan. The Small Business Administration has also expanded a number of its existing programs, including the Economic Injury Disaster Program. Then the email goes on to say, preparing to benefit from the Paycheck Protection Program. It says that the SBA is finalizing the detail about how the program will be implemented. We are actively working with the, FB, the SBA to monitor all updates. While we don't have all the answers right now, we will provide you with more information on how to apply in the next few days. While we wait for guidance, we recommend that you begin to gather the following documentation that will help you apply for the Paycheck Protection Program. You will need your payroll for calendar year 2019 and the first three months of this year. You will also need 2019 W-2 forms and 1099 forms for your employees and your independent contractors. You will also need your health insurance premiums paid by your company under a group 
health insurance plan. You also need your company's retirement plan funding that was paid and your mortgage and rental expenses. As your business bank partner and an SBA preferred lender, I will follow up on this email as the details of the CARES Act are finalized and we are ready to accept applications. And then uh, the person invites me again to visit the, the bank's COVID-19 Resource Center for up-to-date information. Now, I'm sharing this with you to let you small business owners know that the way the program is set up, the loans are going to be handled through the banks, making it easier for you to access these funds than having to go through um, the SBA directly and fall off into a void. And I'm not criticizing the FBA, uh, SBA. It's a uh, it's a, a large company organization, and it might not have enough employees. But the idea of having small business owners go to the banks where they have banking relationships and having the banks take on the role of guiding us through it makes sense to me. Now, there was some media this morning that some banks are figuring out, trying to figure out a way to back out of this because they don't want the liability because there is really not a whole lot of guidelines from the SBA. But the fees, the additional fees that the banks are going to get for uh, shepherding through these loans uh, should more than compensate for the risk that they're getting. And also, since the government is guaranteeing these loans, I don't see the trepidation. But it was nice to get this communication directly from my, my bank, and I'm sure some of you um, got communications too. But unfortunately, some of you don't have existing relationships with your banks, or maybe the relationship isn't very good. Be that as it may. Where your business checking account and savings account is is where you should reach out now because the program is going to start lending on the 3rd of April. And I'm recording this on the 2nd of April. So tomorrow, uh, according to some additional information that I received, the applications are going to be start being accepted. So I want you KFAX listeners who own businesses to not let this opportunity go by. In addition, uh, here's a short summary again. The Paycheck Protection uh, Program authorizes up to $349 billion in forgivable loans to small businesses to pay their employees during the COVID-19 crisis. All loan terms will be the same for everyone. The loan amount will be forgiven as long as the loan proceeds are used to cover payroll costs and most mortgage interest, rent, and utility costs over the eight-week period the loan is made and the employee and compensation levels are maintained. Again, this is a payroll protection program for you to be able to keep your employees and they can, the money can funnel down through you to them. Okay, now payroll costs are capped at $100,000 on an annualized basis for each employee. Due to the likely high subscription, uh, it's anticipated that no more than 25% of the forgiveness amount may be for non-payroll costs. So this is a wonderful opportunity for uh, some small businesses to be able to have the resources that they need to maintain themselves during this pandemic. 
and to, to take care of their families and to take care of their employees. And sometimes the family is the employee. So you have to think about that. The family members come together and work for the business and they can, the money you pay them can also enhance your ability to keep your family together. So this is so important and that's why I'm sharing it with you. Reach out to your existing lender and get more information so that we can all hang in here together and survive this crisis. With that said, I'm going to leave it there for now. But for now, as you always know, here in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, especially when that law can help us keep our households and businesses afloat and be able to take care of our loved ones and our, our employees during this time of crisis. So till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 